Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm doing fine. And, uh, you know, something in the news that got a lot of political attention. Lots of news. They censored somebody. What? Yeah. They haven't done that very often. I, I think I witnessed, I was not a participant, but there were a top, couple times when I was in Congress they did. And uh, the main way that is held, they get the information out and say, oh, you, you, you broke the rules. And then there's, uh, when if processes follow through, there's a little bit of humiliation. Oh, you have to face the other members and the, and, and the and charges have to be read. But no money. You know, they tried to get a censorship against him and, and fine him. Yeah. And they couldn't pass that, So and which we weren't in favor of. We didn't know where that taxing authority came from. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think there's a lot of good stuff in uh, in the Durham report. Uh, there's some Republicans that say, not tough enough, not yeah. tough enough, and they're probably right. Uh, there's always going to be things left open. But because they might have excluded it accidentally or ineptly or on purpose, there's still a lot of stuff in here because I suspect without that report, the Republicans wouldn't have been feeling comfortable enough uh, to censor shift yeah. on. And that's what that's where it was. Yeah, it was a really bizarre scene yesterday on the House floor. And I, I think, I don't know, was Traffic Kent censored before he was kicked out? I don't remember, but I know. Yeah, yeah he was, I believe so. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so, so I've seen, I guess, as well, working for you on the floor. I haven't seen anything like this before. Now, this is the moment when um, uh, Speaker McCarthy was trying to read the bill out on the floor. Uh, if we can play that first clip, it's quite interesting, actually. Get that first one up and running. And this is the moment he was trying to read it. Looks like a, wow, it looks crazy down there. I've never seen it like that. Free candy? I don't know. Let's hear it. We can probably cut it out at that point. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> do you think the media will recognize that the Republicans are sort of pikers? You know, they they didn't do a very good insurrection, and yeah. that's why it's faded. But uh, this looks like they really understand what insurrection is, because one of the definitions uh, of insurrection is that they're able to uh, handicap the legislative branch, yeah. and, and the process of the government, and, and they couldn't do anything with that without it, without that ride going yeah. on. But I don't know whether the media is going to be after them or not, or do anything. But I think I think there's a growing number even though it's not big enough, a number of people that there's two systems of justice in this yeah. country. I think is if, if there's nothing else, there's a lot of people that preface their t comments, and I'm almost in that point of this is what I didn't like about Trump. This is what I didn't like about that. Yeah. But they're over the top, yeah. you know, and there, there's a limit. And that's why I think everybody is talking about who's, who's going to be the substitute for Biden, who's going to be the substitute for, for Trump. Yeah. Yeah, so it could be very interesting. Yeah. Well, let's put on that first clip because this is uh, basically what we're talking about. People that have not been paying attention, which is, you can be forgiven for not. <laughs> but House votes to censure Adam Schiff. It has not been a good day for the congressman from California. First, he was owned by John Durham while the Democrats attempted a character assassination. And now the House of Representatives voted to censure Representative Adam Schiff on June 21th. Now, we're not really talking a lot about the Durham uh, uh, 
uh, Durman's uh, trip before Congress, but there was a lot going on with that as well. Um, but he was voted on the censure, and a lot of people on this vote said, who are those six Republicans who voted president? Uh, we need to get them. Well, thankfully, Anna Paulina, Paulina Luna, who's a representative who brought forth the legislation, she explained why those voted present, if we can put that next one up. And I think it's important to see this. For those wondering who voted present, members who sit on ethics traditionally vote present as they do not weigh in on investigations prior to them coming through the committee. This is typically the case on both sides. Also, although Representative Thomas Massey and I disagreed on my first resolution, he did assist me in helping <coughs> with some of the votes for the new resolution that passed. Thank you to all who work together for accountability. And the only, the real reason I bring this up, can you know, we, we kind of uh, took a Massey's side on this, and you certainly did when you said, hey, where's this 13 or 16 million dollars coming from? That was his big objection to it. And he was piled on by a lot of Republicans, by a lot of people. Oh my gosh, Massey sold out, he's a terrible guy. No, he stood up for the Constitution. Congress doesn't have this authority. I think that Adam Schiff is as much of a creep as everyone else does, but I'm not gonna break the rules to punish him. He stood, I mean, I'm just gonna say he stood by his values and he won in the end and he won the right way. Yeah, and he has a reputation that really helps him out on those uh, issues like that. Because he, if it was just immediate and, and, and it was a one-time deal, you know, you can get hit pretty hard. I can remember one time, I think it was a vote on Cardinal O'Connor. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I voted no and I was the only one. And, and before I got back to the office, there were a few of you standing there. Oh, you better watch. Boy, they're calling from all over. But I think somebody came up from the staff and said, oh yeah, it's, it's the New York Times. They really want to talk to you about that. <laughs> and, and the staff talked to them before I, I didn't talk to them. And the staff kept talking to them. They said, oh, he votes against all those gold medals. <laughs> and you know, Oh, the air went it, out. It, of it, it, yeah. was, it was nothing to it. They have to find that, you know, gut wrenching controversy. So yeah. it, it wasn't controversy, which is the making the point that uh, you, you know, if you have something, you tell your people what you believe in. Uh, I sort of was uh, had the advantage of uh, of uh, pointing out the economics of uh, government insurance on floods. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because eventually a lot of people got uh, a, a lot of complicated messes with FEMA. And that went on, but they they knew and understood why I voted against it. So it, it uh, people say you can't stay in it. You have so much coastline. How can you stay in yeah. Congress? Uh, well, fortunately, I think you know whether it's Massey or other ones, because there are other ones that it becomes a, a benefit to you rather than a hindrance. Yeah, absolutely. Stand on principle. But you know, I mean, really, I think Adam Schiff is the poster child <laughs> for all that was wrong with the Russia Gate because he through the end, and I think what was most despicable about what he did, and we've talked about it on the show, is that he hid behind his position as House Intelligence Committee Chair and said, I've seen concrete evidence that President Trump colluded with the Russians. I can't tell you, of course, because it's <laughs> classified, but it's concrete evidence. And I can imagine a lot of people, and we know there are good people that do work in the intelligence community, of course, there's a lot of bad things that go on, but there are decent, honest people. And I can imagine those people being furious because what he did was he weaponized the intelligence process. 
the process of analyzing intelligence information and coming to conclusions. He weaponized that for political reasons and used it against Trump and the Republicans. That's absolutely despicable, but it also undermines the credibility of the intelligence community itself. Right. You know, uh, the mo most of the people who have been thinking this through already realized that they knew it, but they didn't have the that have the absolute evidence of it, but what's coming out, you know, you can't, you can't hide the truth forever. And in spite of the shortcomings, maybe, uh, of, of the Durham's report, there's this good stuff, and I want to read this one, and this was on Zero Hedge. Breaking, John Durham reveals FBI kept intel on Hillary Clinton's plan to link Trump with Russia collusion in 2016, started way back then, yeah. from the agents working on the case. Wow, they and, kept uh, the and this is testimony now, you know, yeah. so, uh, uh, but, but that, that will not, uh, that will not discourage them uh, because because that, not only on principle do, do they justify lying, they're obsessed with it yeah. uh, because that's their challenge. Sometimes it's a competition in uh, political strategy or ideology on economic policy or something. But no, this is who can fib, who can distort, and who can have a uh, who, who can have a uh, a break breakdown of law and order and have an insurrection and not get blamed for committing treason. And so, yeah. so the Democrats uh, have been up on that, but I think the information is gonna to continue to come out and hopefully truth will be achieved, which I don't believe can happen, but I want people to move in that direction. I want it to be the goal uh, you know, of people. Why shouldn't that be a worthy goal? And if, if the worthy goal is liberty and they understand what it is, I mean, the world would be a much better place. Yeah, and the other hearing, because you referenced it, there was was Durham, John Durham, at the uh, before the House, and he was brutally attacked by yeah. Democrats. Huh. They said uh, you should be put on the pyre. I mean, basically, what you know, you want to kill him or something? He was unbelievable, um, but he 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 held his own. And the weird thing is, if as we know. He's always been viewed as a totally nonpartisan guy. He went after gangsters and stuff like this. That was his whole career as a prosecutor. He was never a MAGA guy. He was a, probably hates Trump, really. Um, so he's always had this kind of pristine reputation. Yeah. But now when he rules against this mob, they attack him and say basically he should be killed. You know, it's really crazy. But here's, if you put this next clip on, this is something uh, that he said about the FBI. This is part of his conclusion as he was before the House. He said, the FBI was too willing to accept and use politically funded and uncorroborated opposition research such as the Steele dossier. The FBI relied on the dossier and FISA applications knowing there was likely material originating from the political campaign or political opponent. So they knew it was politic political dirt on the opponent and they used it anyway. So I think that says a lot. And I was going to play one more clip, if you don't mind. Now, this is partisan. This was put together by the GOP, so we'll accept that, that it has a partisan origin. But I was really kind of looking for a mashup of all the junk that uh, Schiff had said. So the first part, you're going to... Well, anyway, let's just watch it. It's about a little over a minute. It's a little longer than usual, but I think it's worth a look at this, at this clip. Just to get a t remind us of what Schiff was like. And I think, would you admit you know, it's a circum? All you have right now is a circumstantial case. 
Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. Some real evidence is coming forward that just can't be ignored. Russian collusion. Sort of collusion. Possible collusion. Possible collusion. Possibly. Collusion. Prove collusion. Have Democrats found any evidence of collusion? Uh, yes, we have. Cold, hard evidence. Clear evidence. The evidence is quite overwhelming on this. Bombshell. Bombshell. Bombshell report. The BuzzFeed bombshell. Was there collusion? Absolutely. Collusion. collusion. What do the Russians have? There is something that's going to come out about Russia. Bombshell. Bombshell. Steel dossier. Steel dossier. There's steel dossier. What's in the steel dossier? Give us size and scope probably beyond Watergate. Worse than Watergate. A Watergate moment. Desecration of our democracy not seen since Watergate. Bombshell. Bombshell. Yes, we have. Now, they frame this as the bad Democrats and the good Republicans. We wouldn't do it that way. But just looking at the tail of the tape, I would say you also have to say the mainstream media is repulsive. Boy, it, it is amazing that people will still take an absolutely opposite viewpoint after listening to that. They should at least say, well, maybe there is something to this. And, uh, and, and just think, it's been going on uh, since 2016, and uh, it's, it's consistent, persistent, the same story over and over again. But the sad part is, is <clears throat> although we're, the, the, uh, the Republicans and the people who object to the, the media are making progress, I'm afraid the numbers still aren't there. Uh, I think we see a little bit shift in the numbers of, uh, uh, of you know, the charges made by the Democrats not being true. But there's still, if you go out in the men in the street and start doing a lot of interviews, they either won't know what's going on and say, oh, it, it's all Trump's fault. Or, yeah, I, I remember seeing he, he was in collusion with the, with the, with the uh, Russians. We couldn't possibly vote for him. You know, so it, it, it takes a lot of effort, you know, to, to build the lies, even though they had a bunch of people, but it's orchestrated. It isn't just one one person on, on the left side. It's it's very consistent. Sometimes they use the same words. Yeah. And yeah. they put it out there. It's so hard that's, to uh, that's, a, that's a real shame. But it takes a. Uh, it takes a long time to, uh, you know, convert one mind at a time, and, and that's what it takes. But uh, I, think it, I think the momentum is building for people looking at the, that whole mess uh, more sensibly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we're ready to move on, I'm going to say before we go on, I did tell you all when we started talking about Field of Greens that I was going to try Field of Greens. I've got my Field of Greens here. I've been taking some. This is a delicious concoction. It's a berry concoction. I just have it simply in some organic grass-fed milk. And I was shocked when I took my first taste at how delicious it is. But beyond delicious, it's nutritious. It's not a supplement. It's real fruit and vegetables. Now, the CDC says we should eat six cups of fruit and vegetables a day. I like fruit and vegetables a lot. But I have to say I don't eat six cups of it. That's why Field of Greens has put together specifically targeted organic, beyond organic vegetables grown and raised and packed here in the U.S. They target things like heart health, liver, kidney health, immune system and metabolism. I'm taking it to get back in shape, to get back healthy, and it works fast. I already feel better, uh, but the best thing about Field of Greens is that they give you a better health promise. They say, take Field of Greens, and at your next doctor visit, if your doctor doesn't say something like, whatever you're doing, it's working, keep it up. Then return your Field of Greens to 
the company for a refund. To help you get started, we can get you 15% off your first order. Plus, get another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. Fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code RON for Field of Greens. I will put the promo code and the website in the description below so you can try it, see what you think. I think it's delicious. Well, let's move on to Ukraine, Dr. Paul, because <laughs> Ukrainians are not on the outskirts of Moscow yet. Let's put that next clip. This is from CNN. So the last thing they want to do is to tell the truth. But unfortunately, when even CNN tells the truth, <laughs> you know that it's pretty bad. If you can put it up uh, that next, uh, actually skip that clip, that Adam Schiff clip. I'm not going to read that one. If we do the next one after that, where you see, there you go. Thanks. So CNN politics today said early stages of Ukrainian counteroffensive, quote, not meeting expectations. Western officials tell CNN. Well, not going so hot. You know, there's I, I'm still mixed up on this. You know, here he he's coming over here. And uh, you hear a lot of stories winning. He's admitting that they have a little bit of a problem. But but it's essentially over. And I, we we need to have some help rebuilding our country. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he's out for more money on rebuilding the country. At the same time, he says the the counteroffensive isn't working too well. Yeah. So that, that's the whole thing. I remember a long time ago there was a an appropriation bill on the floor. I think it had dealt with uh, Lebanon, and we were voting an appropriation for, for which I voted against. And uh, I said no. We're going to go over there and we're going to send some weapons over there and we're going to join the fight. Before you know it, we'll have to do it. And I thought maybe a year or so, it, the truth would come out and there was more, more, more trouble with the weapons we sent. No, it was a month or two later, they had another appropriation up to rebuild uh, the bridges that we were knocking down. Yeah. And somebody said, what about our bridges at home? Are we ever going to fill, fix yeah. them? Yeah. What about that one up on the 95? It's been down forever. Um, they're not going to rebuild that. But yeah, that's exactly it. And this is from the article, Dr. Paul, and I think this says a lot, and I think it vindicates a lot of the people that we know as good friends, Scott Ritter, Colonel McGregor, and others, who were saying this from the beginning and were ridiculed and harassed and being accused of all sorts of things. You're just being in the pay of Putin. Well, it turns out, as usual, they're right. If we can put this next one on, this is from the CNN article. Remember, this is CNN talking, uh, and when CNN says has to admit even this, then you know something's going on. Now, I highlighted one part of this. Now, this is hard to read, and I apologize. But here's how the CNN article starts, Dr. Paul. In its early phases, Ukraine's counteroffensive is having less success. And, and here's the part I underlined, Russian forces are showing more competence than Western assessments expected, said two Western officials. The counteroffensive is, quote, not meeting expectations on any front. It's failing across the entire front, in other words. But the part that's important, I think, Dr. Paul, and it goes to the entire way that foreign affairs analysis works in Washington. Russian forces are showing more competence than Western assessments expected. These assessments are based on politics rather than analysis. How many times do we see Russia's running out of missiles? They'll be out of missiles next week. It happened for the entire year. It doesn't matter if you like Russia or hate Russia, but when you have the whole military establishment together with the media saying Russians lose, Russia's losing, Russia's going to lose, Russia's weak, it's disorganized. You can't, you can't organize your foreign policy based on this kind of circle of lies. But the propaganda people have done a pretty good job on uh, putting those lies out, and most Americans still believe it, in what they're uh, 
what they were repeating all the time. The war is the attack Russia did, you know, in, in, in not too many months ago, invaded Ukraine. So it was always Russia against Ukraine. At the same time, you, they say, well, you know, if Russia, maybe Russia uh, is in a more defensive mood than an, uh, an offensive mood because uh, they have the power and they can do a, a lot more. And, uh, but they don't ever say, well, what, how did the war really start? Yeah. You know, what, if, what if the war, since the beginning, uh, for, let's say even almost nine years now, started by, you know, us throwing out one government and again putting another government in and dealing with a coup back in 2014. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's all been based, based on a lie. And uh, if, if, if at the, from that point on, if there would have been more of the people you mentioned and the other few uh, journalists that they have, to put this in a perspective, without the, the without getting in a position to say, oh, the oh, the, the Russians or either the Chinese, they're angels, and that's why we do this. We look at it more objectively of what we have done, yeah. and uh, that that to me is uh, is a big deal because this this uh, j just like we you put up that cl those clips about the people who were lying about the insurrection <laughs> and all that they they lie through their teeth but here the uh, this uh, this whole war in, in many ways is built by a lie especially what about the uh, you, you know the documentation of the diplomacy uh, yeah. since world war 2 especially since t 1989 and, and 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 the comments and the promises that we have made and, and that's that's important, but you just don't see that on, on the main street media, not at all. And yet, there's still a lot of people, slowly but surely, are, are being exposed to the truth, and it's starting to make sense for them. But that's the problem, though. Uh, it's, it's still that we're behind because the propaganda machine from the far left and the media uh, is pretty powerful. You know, there are real consequences to believing your own propaganda because it leads you to do things that you otherwise would not do if you took a rational approach to things. And if you look at one of those, some of the propagandas, we have the strongest, best equipped military in the world. Well, you're sending your best things in there right now. NATO is sending its best military equipment into Ukraine right now, and it's getting absolutely slaughtered. Those Leopard 2 tanks, the Bradleys, they're burning like marshmallows over an open fire. So. You have a danger of being too reckless when you believe your own propaganda. And I think that's what we're seeing here. It doesn't matter if you like what's happening or you hate what's happening. There's a danger in doing that. But the other thing from the CNN article that I wanted to point out, Dr. Paul, if you could put that next clip, because you said this early on and you were criticized for being, oh, you know, oh, he just is a, uh, go back one if you don't mind. He just uh, is taking Putin's side. Now this is Mark Milley. He said this is a very difficult fight it's a very violent fight. It will take a considerable amount of time and a high cost. And Secretary of Defense Austin said, the Ukrainians have the ability to recover equipment that's been damaged, repair, da 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 There will continue to be battle damage, but they have a lot of combat capability. Now the point here is both of them are saying there is gonna be enormous losses here, but they've gotta keep going. And you wrote very early on they're trying to fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian. <laughs> and here they are literally admitting that that's the, that's the goal. No. You know, the opposition that I claim has most of the control of mainstream media and influence a lot of people in the country, 
And they do this with a tone of moral high ground. Yeah. Even when they get our people to do it, we're sending these kids over to to fight for our freedoms, for our constitution, our liberties, and on and on in our way of life. You know, and, and it's it's a fib lying, you know, to deceive the people to get energized over it. But there's another thing that uh, we never take into consideration and we don't understand how powerful it is. And that, uh, who who's fighting for the homeland? You know, when you go into a country, especially Vietnam, you know, just think of those 20 years or so that France and the United States was in there. But how could it, how could those Vietnamese, you know, who, who believed in communism and all this other thing, you know, survive? But it was their homeland. Yeah. And that's why people will fight for their homeland without getting too bogged down in uh, who's going to control the welfare state, you know, that sort of thing. So that's one thing that I think we blind ourselves to. It's always this heroic stuff. Yeah. We got to go in there and we got to protect protect our national interest, which is the national interest is our empire. Yeah. And that's what we have to protect. So that that is sad. So once again, the solution to that is get the truth out and hopefully people will continue to search for it. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, then someone else who got it right from the beginning, let's give credit where credit's due is a certain senator from Kentucky that we both know. And I just wanted to put this up because I thought it's kind of a neat tweet. Actually, let's skip this one. We already basically covered it. Here's a neat tweet from Rand Paul that came out yesterday. Senator Paul said, The good news is that Ukraine caught their highest judge hiding some of his more than $2 million in bribes in pickle jars. The bad news is that Ukraine, consistently ranked as one of the most corrupt nations on the planet, still has high-ranking officials robbing it blind. He continues, this might be a salient point when Ukraine returns to Congress for beg for more U.S. taxpayer funds. Why won't Democrats accept my call for a special inspector general to oversee the billions of dollars we spend to send to Ukraine? To which Elon Musk responded, some accounting of how American taxpayer money is being spent sure sounds like a reasonable request. Here, here. So that was kind of a neat little exchange, and we yeah. said it from the beginning. We need to hear more of those kind of tweets, yeah, yeah. right to the point. And yeah. uh, that's that's good. And of course, Rand's been on that for a long time. Yeah, he's the first one. Hey, I know I can't stop the money going, but can we at least have someone look over it? Nah, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? prepare for what's coming. But they'll, they'll wait ten years, and, and when we are bankrupt, and they say, you know, we ought to check that. But then they then they ask, we need to audit. They get their audit of anything the Pentagon's been doing. No easier than I get the auditing of the Federal Reserve. Yeah. The big stuff is uh, sort of secret behind the scenes, even secret from the government, you yeah. know, the so-called official government. I don't think I don't think if you if you sat down and had a conversation with our president and he says, today, I'm going to level with you. Ask me anything you want. <laughs> and he, this is a daydream. He says, I will do my best to answer everything you want. So you start asking questions. I don't think he knows the answer, yeah, but not. And I'm not picking on him because he has a little defect. I'm picking on the system. Yeah. So even yeah. the people that are there, because I think that was part of the problem that Trump had. Yeah. He didn't realize that uh, that he he was not going to be a president with the authority of a president. He had to deal with every single person more now than ever before. Look how they gang up on him. They're yeah. a bunch of bullies. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, you know, and they always do at the end. Well, nobody saw that coming. Well, a few people did, um, but you don't get credit for being right. Well, the last one is something I know you've talked about a lot, and this is something that really came up, um, and it's pretty disappointing. Let's put this next one on. Um, this next up is our last little thing here. Wearing a shirt saying there are only two genders is not protected speech. Rules Obama-appointed judge. We have the picture up here. A young kid uh, went to school wearing a shirt saying there are only two genders. He got busted. They forced him to take off the shirt. And the court ruled that, no, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say things like that. I don't know. What do you think? Well, it does have something to do about free expression and hypocrisy of it all. And the people who want to silence, you know, messages like this are the enemies of free speech. But I think it's a difficult situation in a country that is owned or controlled by the government. That's why we have trouble regulating social media, because that's supposed to be private, but they are, they're partners with the government. So I see that as the big problem, because wearing a shirt and saying certain things and reading what books, it only happens in a government-run school. Yeah. It, because we still have enough respect for private property. They, you know, they call, if somebody joins a school board and wants to get rid of all the communist uh, propaganda, he's a book burner, he's a yeah. book burner. Well, uh, you know, but nobody, uh, nobody says, nobody's marching into somebody's house and trying to say, you gotta get rid of that book or that book, which could come. And that's why you don't wanna endorse this idea that government should pick and choose but that is uh, that is where the real problem is I think that private property can solve it you know whether it's your church a private meeting uh, your homes you you can talk and say and propagandize all you want uh, as there, there are limits of unless it's you know the the a true plan to you know uh, commit violence and you know the obvious thing that's not what's going on this is just controlling uh, controlling the propaganda and controlling the, the, the message but the big thing is 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 this whole um, transgenderism uh -huh. you know how they how they control that and in a way that's uh, that's what uh, this is all about yeah, the, the, it really the is. transgenderism and that People have to realize that, uh, let's say one, two, three percent, nobody probably knows, represents the ideas of uh, transgenderism. So if they want something, but they have to use the government to force it, force their ideas and their principles on others, you know, the violation is there, yeah. but it's on the people who are forced to subsidize it and, uh, and and be controlled by people like this and the people who want to express themselves and be left alone. And, and they did this. They described this as they just wanted the transgender people just want to be left alone. No, it's the people who, who have a different viewpoint would like to be just left alone yeah. and have a discussion. So it's, uh, it's part of this whole thing that uh, government involvement, and they're going to dictate right and wrong, and uh, don't worry about it. Truth will never break out because people no longer believe there is such a thing, which uh, I challenge and say that more information that we get on this and understanding that freedom of speech, uh, you know, would, uh, would be the regulator you need uh, in private property. They couldn't walk into our churches and take over, although they locked us out of yeah, our churches yeah, for did, a while. For sure. That means they're marching in that way. And a lot of people state it more bluntly. They say, oh, we think systematically they're on, that Christianity is under attack. Yeah. And so 
It the, remains to be seen. The weird thing about this whole thing was the rationale of this is Obama appointed U.S. District Judge Indira Talwani. And it's kind of a twisted logic, I think, that she ruled that the school permissibly concluded that the shirt invades the rights of others. Yeah. So by wearing this shirt, he actually invaded the rights of others. She said schools can bar speech that is, quote, in collision with the rights of others to be secure and left alone. To me, that says if anyone wears anything that you find offensive, they should be forced to take it off or to replace it. Well, if that's the standard, it's going to be quite interesting to see what about the rest of us that are offended by because I'm offended by a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know. And there's certainly there are reasonable things that you can't wear to shirt uh, to school, uh, you know. But this is a strange rationale. You're not allowed to wear anything that may offend someone else. You know, if they're able to do this, if special groups, and I don't believe in group rights, I believe in individual rights, but if groups get together and it's transgenderism that you're promoting and you demand and emphasize and write all the rules and punish the people who challenge it in a nonviolent manner, uh, it can only be done at the sacrifice of liberty. You know, somebody else's liberty is going to be punished. So here you have a small, small minority yeah. able to express themselves and, uh, and the, the rest of the people lose their liberty. And I think that's what that p person was uh, alluding to. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to close out by reminding our audience, September 2nd, Washington, D.C. You're going to get those tickets on sale today. Which Way America is going to be our theme this year, there's a lot to talk about. It's our flagship conference. Mark it on your calendar. Make your travel plans. I'll get those tickets out available to you right away. But September 2nd, we're going to have a great group there. I already talked about, I haven't talked about to you about this, Dr. Paul, yet. I already talked to our good friend, Colonel Doug McGregor. He's going to be there with us. So we're really looking forward to hearing from him again. A lot of other great guests and great speakers. Mark your calendars. Come see the Colonel. Come see the doctor, <laughs> come see the loudmouth, and we'll have a great time. So, Very good. And I'm going to close with follow-up more on this school issue. Because if, uh, you know, what percent of the people uh, go to government schools? A lot. This, let's say 80% or more, whatever. That's where most people get their education, and so-called so education. So... Uh, but should there, what you're saying is, uh, well, you should have no rules at all whatsoever. No, I don't think you could do that. I think in a civilized society, you would have to have, and there would be a basic understanding that the system isn't proper, it isn't part of our constitution, but if it exists, who's, who will set up the standards of that, that item, like the standard of the schools? Because you probably wouldn't want, uh, people to be able to come to school with no clothes on and all this other thing you could think or you know total vulgarity there should be some uh, rules of uh, and guidance on what the decorum would be like and uh, the only way I can see working it out without saying no you, the only thing libertarians can do is just get rid of the get rid of all the government schools well They'll probably just self-destruct and all that. But I wouldn't say, okay, next week all government schools are closed. So what they do is uh, they, 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 what they'll ask to, they, they, the only way you can get a, a, a group to get the rules out and, and figure on it, I would say the, the, the school board 
if the school board wants to set a standard of rules of what's happened, they might do well, they might do badly, they might get into trouble, but it should be controlled by the school board and have the school board as local as possible, not going to the state level, the federal level, the international level for all, all the guidance. I think that's very, very bad. So if they set the standards and they do something that doesn't satisfy the community, throw them out of office. But uh, that's imperfect, but th that's probably the only thing available right now. And a little bit of that is happening because the rules occurred under the COVID lockdown became so atrocious that the people finally did exactly that. Threw some out and said, no, we're going to take care of our kids and watch what you're teaching them. So I think there is a place where you can argue that case for if, if we're going to get rid of something, uh, you have to know about maybe a transition period or how to do it. If there's total chaos, things will be rebuilt, but that is not what we're looking for. We'd like to prevent it. So promoting the cause of liberty is a real challenge. I think it's very necessary because it, in, in liberty can be found the answers to the problem of seeking peace and prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.